Welcome to The Hidden World of Women, a podcast brought to you by Women's Health and Wellbeing Services. My name is Emma and I'll be your host for today's episode. In this episode, I'm stepping away from the Journey into Motherhood series that we've been exploring for the last few episodes and instead looking towards the start of the new school year. So over here in Australia, Western Australia, we're about to start a new school year next Monday for most of the kids here. And with this becomes... Uh, it's always a time of uncertainty for parents and for children often when children are starting school, whether that's for the first time or starting a new school, starting high school, starting university, going into school. At the moment, of course, we're doing all of this with even more uncertainty hanging over our head. So this time last year, uh, episode 12, I was joined by a guest, Cindy Malcolm, and she joined me to talk about schooling and uncertainty in different ways that we can try and help children as they transition into the school year, particularly with the added layers of complexity that goes around the COVID period that we're experiencing. So we did cover that last year. So as I said, that was episode 12. If you are a parent and your children are looking at starting school this year or they're starting a new school or transitioning into a different kind of stage of that schooling, or you're just feeling uncomfortable with what that may look or feel like this year, please do head on back to that episode 12 and have a listen. Cindy is absolutely fantastic and she comes with such a wealth of knowledge around child development and and ways that we can support our children. So it's a really great episode. So because we've covered that, and I think because a lot of people at the moment are talking about um, what could school look like this year and with, with our experiences with homeschooling during lockdown, it started to have people think, well, maybe I'd like to homeschool my children. But with that, there's been quite a few, I guess there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of questioning around what homeschool can look and feel like. So with that in mind, I thought it would be a good idea to just take a quick break from our Journey into Motherhood series and just take a look at what homeschooling may look like. As we talk about homeschooling today, I'm joined by yet another amazing woman. So I'm joined today by Paris. So she is the mum to two boys. She has a background in childcare. And some may say that she's somewhat insane because she homeschooled her boys for about five years. <laughs> so, um, and of course, I am only joking. So there are such, such amazing people out there who are homeschooling their children. And the purpose of today is to try and, I guess, demystify that a little bit and go through what some of those commonly asked questions are, some of the myths that surround homeschooling, and really try and, uh, you know, if you are thinking about homeschooling, let you know what some of the realities are and decrease some of the fear that goes with that. So Paris, I'm so grateful that you've joined me today to talk about homeschooling. Oh, that's great. This is really exciting being here too. Ah. A podcast. Yeah, no, it's great. I'm, I'm really looking forward to picking your brains. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so you homeschooled your boys for around five years. Yes, that's right. So, so did they, um, you, they start at primary school? They did. They, they actually started kindy quite, or pre-kindy really early because they were in the uh, language development um, centre mm-hmm. program and they started, um, they're probably three, but they're turning four in May. Yeah. And um, so they're pretty, pretty young. Um, I actually um, had to take them just for half days for the first two, first semester um, because they were just too tired yeah. to get through the full day. And um, the, the teachers in charge were fully on board on that, so that was really good. And um, that was great. We were there for until uh, the end of year one, and then moved into mainstream school. Yeah. Year two. That's great because 
you know, so my eldest, um, she's a, you know, she's an April baby. So she was the same, you know, she yeah. was three when she started kindy. Yeah. And it's so young. It is, yeah. And, you know, so there were a lot of kids who were really struggling, but there was no flexibility with that. It was tough luck. You're here for the full day, so you're here for the full day. And that's really difficult when they're so little. Yeah, well, this is a program to help encourage their language skills. Yeah. And they, it was very small numbers in Mm. class. I think it was only up to 10. But they had teacher as well as a teacher's assistant. Yeah. And also on board, you could have the other specialties. Um, that came in to help encourage with our language skills. Mm. Um, it was a great little environment. I mean, I'm really behind the, that program. That was great. Um, it used to be up to grade four, um, but because they want to offer more, more to the younger, you know, really yeah. young early intervention. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what um, they had to cut down. Yeah, years, yeah, which is unfortunate because I think they would have done a lot better having that. Yeah, having that, that small class and um, support. And having it for a bit and, longer. Yeah. Yeah. So they went um, year two, they started mainstream school, is that they correct? Did, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they were still in mainstream primary school for the first few years of primary? Yes, they were um, up to grade five. Yeah. That's when I pulled them out. So grade five, uh, so I will also share as well. So I homeschooled one of my children, my middle child. I homeschooled him for three years. Uh, And one of the things that I guess that I hear a lot or heard a lot was when people are talking about year five, year six, year seven, going into high school and, you know, thinking about when we were at primary school compared to what they're learning now, going, I don't think I could do year five math anymore. Mm. So, um, and that's, yeah, and I've been quite fortunate that I've been able to help my kids throughout, you know, throughout high school with their maths. But there's a few people who were like, oh, I don't think I could do your five year six maths. So, <laughs> so were there fears like that for you with pulling them out and how would you go teaching them these concepts when things have changed a lot since we were at school? I, I think I didn't really look that far ahead to start having being fearful. Yeah. Um, I think I'm just there for now and um, this is what I can offer them and I found you know great books I think at that time I was following prime maths Mm. which is similar to Singapore maths yeah and um so I was able to cope with that um by the time I got to high school my husband took over that (laughs) position yeah because he he's actually he's got a math brain yeah yeah yeah. um and then also later I sourced out a tutor so you know there's all those options yeah and, and it is up to you on, on what what you find and what's suitable for your kids so when you were starting homeschooling or um, you know you've homeschooled for five years you've got lots of experience in this space what are some of the fears that you had around homeschooling the thing is just to see are they are they on track you know in the so-called oh, you know what's the norm yeah. of that, you know, what their year level is. Mm. I think that, that kind of messes with your mind a bit, but yeah. you really got to um, focus on where, what's good for them and build up from there. And, and you will see improvements, especially with the one-on-one. Yeah. Um, and also you don't need to waste so much time. Like that happens in schools, it does. Yeah, it's interesting. I was talking to a homeschool mum who I happened to bump into in Coles uh, just before Christmas, and she's just started the homeschool journey. And she was saying that she was quite concerned because her daughter is behind in maths. 
Yeah. And I was like, mm, no, no, she's exactly where she is right now in maths. That's one of the things with homeschool. There is no behind right. because it is it is tailored for the child who's sitting in front of you rather than the 30 children that are sitting in front of you. So as you're saying, you can do things so much faster because you're only working with one child or two children in your case. You're not having to try and explain things for 30 different kids. That's right. And with maths, it is building block. Mm. And you need to start with, if you have to go to the beginning again, then there you go to build up. The foundation yeah. for it, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I was fortunate that the boys were really kind of clicked on with maths. It's just the English spelling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, this is really tricky. I can't spell to save myself. I can't. And when I went to school, it was kind of the, oh, well, you don't need to spell because we read for meaning rather than read for spelling. So there was no emphasis on spelling when I was at school. Mm. And then now I still can't spell. And I don't need to because I've got spell check on my computer and, you know, so I'll be typing something and I'll get a wiggly red line underneath my word. I think, okay, I need to change that, so I'll try and change. No, the hard part is no kind of no suggestion comes up, so I'm like, okay, I'll try again. Still no suggestion, I'll try again. That's okay, I'll just think of a different word that means the same thing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I struggled with that as well with my kids because, I can't teach you that because I'm really struggling with some of these language conventions that weren't important when I was at school. Yeah, I, I found that the boys kind of learnt by practising, Yeah. On, but that's through just the computer. Yeah. You know, like they did use the um, many tools that you can use to look, search the word up and, and use it or find an alternative word. Yeah. And then... I kept doing that, and if it ended up being the same word, sometimes there's just certain words you just get stuck on. Yeah. But eventually it, it sinks in. Mm. So, yeah, it's all practice. It is. That's exactly it is. It just, it's just practice. Um, so a couple of, I guess, some of the things that I hear when people are worried or, because um, everybody's got an opinion, don't they? You know, you take your kids out to the shops and, oh, why aren't you at school today? Are you sick? No, no, they're homeschooled. Oh, really? Homeschooled? And the biggest kind of thing that I hear is around the lack of social connection for homeschool kids. Yeah, but, um, I think it depends on how, how you go about your homeschooling. Um, I found that, you know, when you reach out in the community, you find other homeschoolers. Mm. Uh, you find that events have been organised and, you know, mostly it's open to everyone. Yeah. Um, although you find out as the children get older that you kind of... Um, There's ones that you gravitate to yeah, more than others. Do. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, have, have, you, you find a certain tribe, that's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, and um, you had to kind of, in the end, try to say, oh, no, we can't come at this stage. Yeah. Um, you, you have to put that in a, in a way where it will fit in your program. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you're just going to be out all the time. And that's exactly what we found as well, was people going, oh, well... You know, there's no social interest. How will they develop social skills? Well, actually, so when I'm homeschooling, we're out all the time at different events, different activities, different social groups. But it also means that he wasn't just socialising with kids his own age. He was also socialising with children that were younger than him, children that were much older than him, and also adults. So he was learning to adapt his, you know, his communication style to a, this huge plethora of different people. So for me, it was, it was as you said, it was the opposite of being, um, you know, socially restricted. We're going, there's just not enough hours in the day to go to all of these activities. 
what's most important here or where do we think that we're going to enjoy this most or get the most benefit from. Yeah, exactly. And, and it does have to um, tick your boxes um, in the end. Otherwise, you, you do go way off off the rails. Yeah. Um, so with that, talking about ticking the boxes, I think that's another one of the fears is around, you know, when um, when people are first starting homeschooling and the moderator visits and making sure that they have ticked all the boxes. So how did you experience the moderators? Or can you tell us what the moderator's role is? Okay. Well, their role mainly is to um, guide you on what is needed um, and give you suggestions. Um, they're supposed to support as well. Um, you probably do come across those um, that are a bit more old school mm. way of thinking. Um, but they, you know, they still try their best to um, work around what you're you're trying to implement into in your family um, with their education. Um, yeah, I think. I was a bit scared <laughs> to begin with um, because the, the lady I had, um, I think she, she must have been, uh, I, I don't know if they, a lot of them have um, a principal background. Mm. Um, they were teachers at one point, yeah. but then they become principals. And so it is like um, seeing the principal. But I don't want to scare you because I think when I've come along, the line trying to tell other families is that show your confidence, mm. show that you have um, a plan in mind, um, and even you know just even begin, even if it's just the interview, just have on side that you you do have a plan and that you have got a bit of a timetable laid out which is still flexible, um, so they have confidence in you, and then they basically. Um, leave you to it yeah. and see you in a year's time. Yeah. And I think that's, I think a lot of parents when they're going into homeschooling, there's this idea that the moderators are going to judge them and so you're potentially going to fail. What if I'm not doing well enough? And then, you know, what if they, what if they give me a big giant red cross instead of it? And, and there's, there's that thing that I don't mind failing you know, as a person, I don't mind if I fail, but if I fail as a parent, then that feels so much harder. So there's this extra pressure because this is about my child's education and education is important. This is why we pull them out of school because we think education is important and school system doesn't work for our child for whatever reason. So well, that's why I pulled my child out anyway. <laughs> Most parents that I talk to, it's yeah, that that's similar what kind I, of thing. I did with the boys too because yeah. I eventually found out they, they are dyslexic. Yeah. So. That's why they needed more of a one-on-one um, -on -one learning. It's tricky when they're in a class with 30 other kids and you've got two kids who, you know, they learn a different way they and they've got additional challenges. So it's really easy for kids to, um, to sort of get missed or for, for their behaviour to change because they're not able to do what the other kids are doing and things like that. So I think we have a lot of parents who they're really focused on trying to make sure they're doing the right thing for their kids. And what if this moderator comes in and tells them that they're not doing a good job? Which they can do. Mm. But as I said, be prepared. There's also with um, HEWA, which is Home Education Western Australia. Yeah. Um, H-E-W-A. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, they have workshop programs that will help with um, 
you understanding the curriculum mm. and also uh, going about the programming. I mean, it sounds a bit scary, but it's not. It really isn't. It, you do find ways on how um, you can achieve all this without spending a lot of time. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, I was really lucky. I had an amazing moderator who wasn't scary at all. But I also went into it with the idea that her role was to support me in doing the best that I could for my child. So rather than feeling like she was going to judge me, I went in as prepared as I could be but also with a whole list of questions, going, well, where else can I go for support? What else can I do? And whether she, whether she's just amazing or whether that shifted her perception. I think it would. Yeah. Uh, and that being prepared, so when we first started homeschooling, it feels really overwhelming. Where do you start? Exactly. Yeah, well, I, I started uh, searching and I came across... Um, down under homeschooling or, or the other way around, homeschooling down under. Mm -hmm. And um, she went through how she went about her, her style of homeschooling, which was very organised. I picked up some of what she did um, and ran with that for a while, and, but then I eventually discovered what suits myself yeah. and my family. But there are other ways if you want um, a ready set curriculum um, with the workbooks that are set with it there are, are um, places where you can go to, mm. to look for that as well depends on what your budget is it's up to you where you go with it yeah and and I think homeschooling doesn't have to be expensive it can be as expensive as you kind of want it to be I guess um, and so it depends on your budget I think it also depends on your child Correct. Yeah. so my child wasn't going to cope with ream after ream of handouts and worksheets that wasn't going to work for him yeah <laughs> it could be a boy thing I'm not sure. actually no I don't think my girls are cope with that either um but it's funny because so my mum's a teacher and I think she's a fantastic teacher I think that the um, school system isn't necessarily set up to support the way that teachers would like to teach so I um she graduated when I was finishing high school so she hasn't been a teacher well she has been a teacher for that long but not my entire life um, so I saw how she was when she first started teaching and I saw how she was when I first started homeschooling. And so she looked at the timetable that I had for, that we'd worked out with my son and she's going, you've got to do lip locks, Emma, you've got to do this, you've got to do this, you've got to make this. And I just got into such a tailspin because I've got to do this and I've got to do this and I've got to do this. And it was a couple of weeks of me trying to bend myself in a pretzel to do all of these things that you've just got to do before I went, you know what, I pulled him out of school because this didn't work. Why am I trying to replicate that at home? Exactly. And I think that that's kind of one of the things that a lot of people that parents can fall into is I need to do at home what they were doing at school. If you're going to do that, why are you doing it at home? Exactly, yeah. I probably did start off with the desks. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. But then eventually find out, oh, they're, they're either on the couch reading something or they're um, outside yeah. climbing a tree but then they, you know back again do, um, doing the Legos yeah. you know um, which you know it's still for 10 years to follow how to build something you know that's all part that's of it's all TNA that's all following directions and um, you know all of those things so yeah most definitely exactly mm -hmm. yeah um, you, you find that there you know there's all rooms in the house that's for learning and even outside in the exactly. you know, yeah. exactly. nature, which yeah. is a big, big plus.
Did you work with, um, like, did you have concepts that you worked with when you were homeschooling? Uh, for a goal, um, I think it's basically just getting them back on track because they were, they were behind. Mm -hmm. um, that was what the teachers were telling me, that um, Owen's um, spelling, you know, was really, she was really concerned by it. And I, I said, well, you know, this is the first time we're in year five now. Yeah. <laughs> brought up. Yeah. And um, I said, well, he's really good. Um, within a few days, he can do that test because he memorized. Yeah. And I think that's how he got away with a lot of it for yeah. all the years. Yeah. Because, but if they delayed it, and it's a week later, or whatever, yeah, it's, like, it's gone. No way, he doesn't know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, as you said before, you know, spelling. You don't necessarily always will get it, but you still have got to know um, the foundations of it. Still. Yeah. So yeah, he needed more at home, one on one. Yeah. Time with it without pressure. Yeah. Because I think that's the thing with school is the pressure. It was just too much. And that's probably one of the things with homeschooling versus being in a classroom. So, in a classroom, there's so much pressure because we've only got so much time. And yet, what's really interesting is that when you homeschool you can do so much more in so much less time. Exactly. And so you actually feel like you've got so much more time. You do, yeah. And and I think that can be helpful as well when parents are, if they're trying to work out if they can juggle working and homeschooling as well, to know you actually don't need to homeschool your child from 9 o'clock in the morning till 3 o'clock Monday to Friday. No, it's not, no. It's just not how it works. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, I found that I got most of it done in the mornings by lunchtime and then we might go to the library or, or we end up cooking or, you know, whatever that was there on their list to do, but we might end up with sport, um, things like that, yeah. that still catered to what is needed to be done. Yeah. So you've mentioned a couple of times, you know, ticking the boxes and catering what needs to be done. Um, can you share about the curriculum and where people can find that to be able to see the different things for the different ages? Sure. In the um, Western Australian Education website, I don't know how, I didn't bring it in front of me what it's actually called. That's all right, I'll find it and I'll put it in the show notes. Okay. Yeah. Um, they have it all from kindy to year 10. Mm -hmm. And um, you can look at the um, sequence and syllabus. A lot of us. A lot of homeschoolers are kind of looking to that side of things more now because it's a lot easier to um, still achieve. achieve. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And you don't have to get so stuck into the curriculum boxes. Yeah. Um, yeah, but basically what what it says in the home education page um, is that you um, just need to progress mm -hmm. and you know even just a little, small bit of improvement that should be that should be achievable yeah um, especially those that might have a lot of uh, challenges behind them learning challenges mm -hmm. um, yeah that's where the moderator is going to fully understand that you know this is why we're in this environment yeah some of them yeah um, or it could be totally different where you know you might have a main stream child without any challenges and that they're able to cope with um, more more of a regular learning because I know some some of the homeschoolers are doing online learning with 
connected to schools. Yeah, yeah. And um, and that's that's another way that works really well for some, especially those um, children that might be gifted in a sport area mm. or in dance. Yeah. And um, this is the way how they're able to achieve. Um, how they're able to do those yeah. Steps, yeah. But still be able to homeschool and um, you know they're able to work well with that type of yeah. style. There's many, many styles. You, mm. you will work out what works. And that, that's so true. There are so many different styles and you've just got to find your groove and your child's groove and how you can work together with that. Um, I think that one of the things that I see is people go, okay, well, I've registered for homeschool, so when do they send me all the lessons that I'm going to, to do? Like, oh, yeah, no, they're not going to. <laughs> Um, so the education department doesn't, as a standard, send you out what you need to teach your child, which I think is great because it means that you can go and look at that, look at the curriculum and go, okay, well, these are kind of, these are the key points that I need to be achieving, but how they achieve that, that's up to us. That's right. So we get to make education and learning fun. We get to make it exciting. That's right. You could, there's another term called, um, Project learning. Yeah, that's what we did. Oh, right. yeah. You worked that down Yeah. Life. Yeah. I know of a, a close friend that she did with her um, son as well, and, and a lot of their projects were like um, doing up furniture. Yeah. And refurnishing it. Yeah. And, um, and then the end product, which was great. Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of project learning. Yeah, we did. Um, so when we first started, my son picked a country per term. And then so for that country, we would research, you know, we'd research about the country, we'd research about the food, we would cook the food, we'd find out about the artists and we'd try to emulate those artists and learn about the artists. So we got to, he got to guide that, but everything was really hands-on learning because that's that's how he learns. So, and for me, that was really exciting because there were things that I would never have looked at because it didn't really interest me. But I got to learn so much as well about different things. And at one point he turned our living room into an art gallery using a, a virtual app. So when you shone it at this, then this piece of art kind of appeared in our living room and all of those things. So really exciting things that I never would have got to learn if I hadn't been homeschooling him for three years. Yeah. So it can be really exciting. I think people have this idea that homeschooling is going to be, well, I need to stand and shout at my child for seven hours a day because they're never going to listen to me. No. But I, I came across an article once in a homeschooling um, website and this lady explained how she saw what happened in her family is that the first five weeks, she's the captain of the ship yeah. and it's all running, you know, pretty much her way. But the second half, <laughs> without the five weeks, there's mutiny. In yeah. <laughs> like all right we did it your way but now it's our way now it's our turn (laughs) and that that works with it yeah and that that's exactly it's about finding what works and it's funny um so i yeah i homeschooled him for three years and then he chose to go back to school which is fine um he found a fit but then so 2020 when we had the term where the kids were all learning from home because of the covid lockdowns and so we you know we were doing something and we spent a day doing some stuff and my eldest child said when are we going to do some actual schoolwork and my son with just venom dripping from him he goes no no we did schoolwork today she just disguises it with fun so you don't realize you're learning (laughs) so i was like 
he got wise to me. <laughs> but I think that, you know, that's that's not a bad thing that, you know, to disguise learning with fun so you don't realise you're learning. I think that's, I'm probably okay with that. Yeah. Oh, the boys at that time were um, doing TAFE. Yeah. So that went online, uh, which, yeah, they don't really like a lot of online learning. Mm. Um, but they, they got through it. But, yeah, fortunately that was just, you know, a, a small part of the day in the morning yeah. and the rest was their day. So. Yeah, and, and again, I think that's one of the things with homeschool is that you can do a small amount in the morning and then you've got the rest of the day to do whatever or you can go, all right, well, let's do all day Monday, Tuesday and half a day Wednesday and then we've got four and a half days of just chilling out and we can go to the beach or whatever because you've got it done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so thinking back to the idea of the moderator visit as well, um, so one of the things that the moderators talk about is finding ways to actually show progress. How did you how did you monitor or I guess maintain or record what your boys were doing? I did it a number of ways. Uh, the first time, the first year, I, I used like an album, a photo album. Mm. So I had photos and then um, explaining where we went because we ended up going to Geraldton. So on the way through, we learned about some history yeah. side of things. There's a great museum up there as well. Um, so you know we learned a lot about that and um, yeah and then I did have some workbooks as well mm. um, and then showed her where where the progress is and um, where we're trying to head towards um, and um, yeah that seemed to to go up okay I think that's probably one of the other things as well is that when you're homeschooling everything counts yeah, so does. all the stuff that we do with our kids normally, things like going to the art gallery or going to museums, going to SciTech, going to, you know, going to scouts, going to after school sports activities, all of that counts towards meeting those requirements for the curriculum. So things that you're, you're often doing anyway, just write it down. Exactly. You know, yeah. went to SciTech these three times, went yeah. to... You know, went to the art gallery, went to the museum, checked out the, um, you know, the Fremantle Museum, whatever it is, that all counts. Because if you look, it doesn't matter what it is. Oh, similar to you were saying before, spent time building Lego. That's right. Did some cooking. All of that counts for, I mean, some of that's viewing, some of it's T&E, some of it's design. It counts as all of those things. And it can count as all of, the, all of those things as well. That's right. It does, definitely. Um, you probably have some moderators that might prefer um, some worksheets. So um, you either um, look around how, how you can still satisfy the moderator, yeah. but but not necessarily, it might not be your, the usual child's way of learning, mm -hmm. but that you do come across some moderators like that. So you just work around on how, how you can still satisfy the, the moderator, um, but still most of the year you, you're doing the the way that the child wants to learn. Yeah. I, it's hard because I always think, you know what, I'm not, the moderator isn't there to judge me. The moderator's there to support me. Mm. And so, and like I said, I had an amazing moderator, so I don't know what I would have done if I didn't. But I guess I'd like to be challenging the moderator by saying, how do you think a worksheet's actually going to help in this situation? Mm. What are you hoping that the worksheet's going to achieve? Because when I can find out what you're hoping that that worksheet's going to achieve, let me show you a different way that I achieved that. 
That's right. And not that our role should be about opening the mind of the moderator, but I think that the better relationship you can have with that moderator, the easier it feels. They're not really there for a long time. Anyway, so mine was there for hours. (laughs) I think she just liked a good chat. (laughs) I think the very first time that I got to know my moderator, um, she probably was there for a couple of hours. I mean, she was there for both of the boys. Yeah. Um, But after that, it seemed to be a lot less. She was quite happy. Yeah. And then moved on. Um, Maybe because, you know, they've got so many more families. Yeah. to spread out. I don't think they've really got enough moderators to do this job at the moment. No, and we are we are seeing a growing number of homeschoolers, and whether that's just because there's more like homeschool groups on social media, and so we're seeing that. Maybe they've always been around and we just didn't know, or maybe it's that we are actually seeing that growing. Yeah, well, I think, you know, people have, especially over East, have found mm. um, that they've become more involved in the children's education yeah. during COVID. So then um, they're kind of like, well, I think I rather like continuing on with this. Yeah. Either way, it's a free it's, choice. Yeah, it's been interesting. I think, you know, what we had over here in WA where we just had that one term or however many weeks of the term, some people sent their kids back earlier than others. Um, you know, people found that really stressful and sort of the idea of, well, I thought I would like to homeschool, but after what I went through, there's no way I could homeschool my children. And I think it's really important to remember that what we were going through then wasn't homeschooling. No, it's totally different yeah. way of, of doing things. And yeah, because mm. you weren't able to um, be as free to go out and explore as much. You're more in the home environment. Yeah, so that's exactly it. Everyone was stuck at home because we couldn't go out. That's sort of the whole point of it. But also you were working to the classroom rules in your house. Yeah, that's not really. It's not. That's not what homeschool's about. No. Um, and and trying to do that often while trying to work from home as well that nobody had ever done before, and you know, and 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 you've got your partners working from home as well. So you're trying. You're both trying to work from home and trying to do that while you've got Zoom calls happening. The kids are coming to ask you about algebra. <laughs> so that wasn't a good representation of what homeschooling can be. No, no. But I think you, you do end up working your way through it. It's like going through anything, any changes. You Like we've just moved a house, to a different house and um, it's a lot smaller than what we're used to. So you, you adjust, you know, it has been hard the first um, five or so weeks, six weeks over Christmas. Oh, yeah. But um, I think we've become quite comfortable now because, like, we've only got one living room and, you know, the boys are kind of not used to that. Yeah. Used to their own space. The last house that we had was pretty much two houses in one. But now it's like boy, they actually see their parents more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they kind of like that because they said, you know, the house that we had is like the 1970s and, you know, it's one big living room. Yeah. Said, and the beds were just for sleeping in. Yeah. You're all in the living room. Yeah. You might have had a piano over there or a radio there. I don't yeah. know what you did with the suit. Yeah, I don't know. It was okay, before right. my time. <laughs> Kids, uh, yeah, I can't recall it, but yeah, yeah, it was more family oriented, yeah, houses. Then I think, um, where you weren't lost in a house, and for me, that's what homeschool feels like as well that there is there's so much more connection, yeah, that's right. You do, you do build up a really strong bond, yeah, yeah, definitely. And and I think that that's important what you're saying as well that you do, it feels 
really, really scary. When you're contemplating registering for homeschooling, the fear factor is so high. And and I think there's this kind of fear that, well, if I stuff it up, I'm going to ruin my, in, my child's entire education. Yeah. And that's all going to be on me. Yeah, but I think that's, that is part of being a parent, isn't it? You yeah. Because uh, it is up to you, in a way, um, to, to bring up the child with your values and, and, and morals and, um, and making sure that they are on par. Because it's important, they're your kids. Yeah. That's what's important. I mean, with the teacher, I'm sure, you know, they, they do have a love for teaching and a duty. It's many kids. Yeah, that's it. Or even more. And it's hard work. I think that, yeah, as you say, we're scared because it's important. Mm. And so, but at the same time, what, you know, what's the worst that can happen? If you give it a go, if you jump and you think, I'm going to give this a go, worst that happens, homeschooling isn't right for you and your kids go back to school. Yeah, that's true. And. How many, how many parents can honestly say that during our primary school or high school, whatever it was, we didn't have one year with the teacher from hell that was awful and we didn't learn a single thing? Yeah. We all still did okay. So, yeah. so, you know, if you decide to homeschool for a term and you suck at it, you're probably not going to ruin your child's entire educational future. <laughs> no. And as they grow, they, they will tell you, as well, what's what they want, yeah, and what's best for them. Because I did at one stage in, in between homeschooling, one of the boys did go to high school, a small mm. high school, he was there for a year. But at the end of the year, he's like, he wants to come back to homeschooling because yeah. he actually did have a hard time at the high school, yeah. Um, I mean, he did okay academically, but yeah, it was the um, the bullying that was happening, yeah. So, yeah, that's where he decided that. So it's like, okay, then come back. And then um, there's another year at home and then he was moved into the TAFE mm. pathway. I think that's one of the other fears as well. So I think a lot of parents are like, okay, well, I can probably homeschool for primary school, but high school, that feels too much. You can do. Um, I found that I was able to outsource a tutor mm. that catered towards the maths and more English side of things. Um, so that, you know, we were able to get through that. Um, also, I was like having a husband that, well, he's still my husband. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that could get them through through that as well. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think, you know, if there's a way that, there's always a way. That, yeah, most definitely. Also, as you say, you don't have to do it all alone. So there are different homeschool groups that meet up regularly so they do sort of lessons. I, there's one close to us where um, my kids went to an archaeology workshop. I remember um, that one. Yeah. Um, we didn't actually get to that one, but yeah. Uh, I remember yeah. Yeah, well, I have three children and two that are very close together in age, and my eldest stayed home from school that day to go to the homeschool classes. So, um, you know, but there are these homeschool groups that meet up and so there are English classes through those or sewing classes or martial arts or kids' sports. So they can still have sports carnivals and, um, you know, there's homeschool balls. They can still have those. So those things that I think people worry that the kids are going to miss out on or that they think, well, I don't have the skills in that area. How am I going to do that? There are groups where they do that or there's tutors available or, you know, 
it takes a village. There are people in the village who can come and support you with that. You yeah. don't have to do it all by yourself. Definitely. YouTube. I found YouTube really helpful. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> go and Google an um, English lesson and then find out, okay, they're the concepts that I need to teach. Now let's work out how I can show that to my child. Um, yeah, there's all sorts of ways. And I, I think it's great when you start meeting um, other families and you start building a community with one yeah. another, with a few few of them and the kids click. And you do, you work on ways like, or they might go off to the museum. And um, and most places like the zoo and all that um, are quite very willing to help out to yeah. make up um, organising a class for them to be a part of. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and it doesn't have to be a lot of money um, as well, you know. So there, there are ways to go about that. Yeah. And then, so I think another one of the fears is that how will they go? So we have this idea that kids go to school and then they um, go and do an apprenticeship or they go and do their ATAR and then go into uni or they go to TAFE and how will they go if they haven't done year 10 and year 11 and year 12? How will they get into those yeah. courses? But your boys have gone to TAFE. They have, yeah. yeah. We went through the general education certificates. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I don't, there used to be a CERT 1 and now there's a CERT 2. I'm not sure if they've recently dropped the CERT 1 and just made it a CERT 2, which mm -hmm. is equivalent to year 10. And then they're able to follow on the TAFE College courses with the CERT 3 and 4. Mm -hmm. uh, is it after 4? They can actually apply to university. Yeah, that's right. That. Yeah. There's also another pathway um, that I'm not that familiar with, but I have heard that uni have a uni ready um, ah, courses. Okay. So if especially if you know that you're able to cope, mm. um, they can go through that way. Yes. Yeah, or well. there's open university yeah. as well, which is another pathway yeah. into that. And if you haven't done necessary or the net plans, mm. you can. Um, at least get the year nine that plan done. Yeah. And that's another way to get easily accepted into. And that's not that hard to get the children to sit down for for um, that period of time. Yeah. Does it happen in May, I think? In May. Yeah, you need to register early for it if you want your kids to do NAPLAN. So they can do the year three, year five, year seven and year nine NAPLANs while they're homeschooled, but you do need to register for that early. But I can't actually remember when that is. I think it happened around May. Yeah. And oh, what to register? You probably start registering. Start registering now. Yeah, but I'm thinking it's now planning in May. May. Yeah. May 18th is it was close to the boys' birthday. Ah. But we, I didn't really think of that. But now that I'm thinking, oh, that could have made made things a little bit yeah. easier again. Yeah. Because I suggested that to one of my friend's boys, and you know he he's got through fine. Um. And I think as well, I know a lot of people would sort of balk at the idea of doing that plan. And one of the reasons that they're homeschooling is because they don't want their kids to have to sit those kinds of tests. And, and I understand the concept around why do you want them to sit NAPLAN? It's like trying to test a goldfish to see how fast they can climb a tree. I understand all of that. I agree with you that it does make it a lot easier for them to get into TAFE. Yes, you don't have to worry about the year when you're three, the... five or seven, but yeah, the... The year nine, it can make it easier, that's all. And when you're the person who's setting the test for them, you get to set the tone for that. Exactly. So they're not influenced by the teachers who are, and some teachers are amazing and some teachers are really good at going, you know what, this is one test on one day that 
ask you about and the results of this don't mean anything. Um, and But some teachers are very big on applying pressure. Mm. You don't have to do that. Yeah. You can just let them know that, you know, doesn't, you don't even have to make a big deal of it beforehand. We're just doing this. Exactly. Yeah, it's they done. don't know that that means anything. No. Yeah. But, you know, if they can't cope, then then don't, you know, it's not yeah. necessary. I mean, my boys still managed to get through the certificate to, to do. So they did actually, so they got into the Cert 2 of general education without doing NAPLAN? Yep, they did. Oh, they did awesome. the Cert 1, which was the year 9 level. Ah, so of course they don't and need, then, yeah. So two is a year 10 level mm -hmm. and then they can move on to so three is kind of year year 11 yeah level. and then so, so four 12 and then you can move into diplomas and advanced diplomas and yeah. those as well yeah yeah so there's lots of options and and as you said there's lots of options for different ways to actually get into university as well if that's where their if life is taking them yeah yeah um and i think i think it's just good to remember that there are options for there are still your options for apprenticeships, there's still your options for TAFE, there's still your options for uni. I guess um, one of the things that I always think is that actually I'm not necessarily teaching my child that skill, what I'm teaching them is how to learn. That's right. And if they've got that, then they're it's set. Just yeah. yeah. Um, so did you have any, you have spent a lot of time talking to parents who are homeschooling, what are some of the common fears that you hear from them? I, th I think it is probably the programming and, and how to um, show show it to the moderator. Mm -hmm. um, in are they meeting the needs of, of the children? Yeah. Um, that's yeah. That's mainly it. Um, I suppose uh, sometimes they probably would like just a mum time. Yeah, yeah, this is true. Can we not learn for a minute and can we just hang out? <laughs> yeah. Which just happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know we went to um, Whiteman Park mm. and that was really nice um, to meet the mums and have a chat and the kids were happy out there yeah. playing. And, um, yeah, that was nice. Yeah. And I think the boys, they, they learnt to be, you know, free to go and explore. Yeah. And, you know, it's just a nice, beautiful day and you meet the other families and they're socialising and, and also it's your time to, you know, have a good chat with the other mums. And I think that's really important as well that you, it's really, it can be really isolating. When So when I was homeschooling, uh, I was the only person that I knew that was homeschooling because that's not what you hear is the mainstream way that you educate your child. So you send them to school. And I wasn't doing that. So when you don't know anybody else, you're kind of going, well, I've got nobody to bounce ideas off. I'm literally, I mean, I had my husband and my parents, they were all involved in my son's education, but you still feel like you're doing it yourself. And so it's so powerful to know that there are other parents out there. And they're so, uh, they're so invested in this, but they want you to succeed as well. So they're always, I didn't find a single mum or dad that was guarded with information or anything that you know they were always so open to sharing information and being supportive and um supporting for the parents and supporting for the kids as well so it's a great community yeah i've, I've really enjoyed these past years i mean like i really enjoyed play school when i had the the boys when they were really young yeah and then going to homeschooling i felt like oh I'm back at school. yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Not quite, but yes. <laughs> yeah, 
close. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just nice and being a part of the community. And I did help build um, one out uh, where I was living before in the Swan Valley, mm. and um, and that was really nice. And you know, you, you also put out your own events. So, yeah. You know, um, it doesn't always have to be the same old person organising mm. it. So you, you know, put it out there. Say, look, we're going to go to this park. If you you're welcome to come and join us. Yeah. Go ahead. And also, I think I organised um, at that time the um, Allerbrook Sports Hub. Ah. Um, yeah, came on board at one stage. Yeah. And um, they opened up for um, Friday's sports. So yeah. They, yeah, we enjoyed that for a couple of years. And like you said, there are so many different things that are happy to have homeschool activities there. That's so, right. um, yeah. There's different gymnastics places that are happy to, you know, they normally only do it after school, but they're happy to open you know, Wednesday morning or whatever and do a homeschool group or um, swimming lessons for kids during mm. the... So all of those things, people are more than happy to... The um, Surf WA mm. are on board at the moment too. They've opened that up yeah. for homeschoolers. And I think I recently saw someone post up um, teaching how, how to... Um, is it snorkel? Ah, cool. Yeah, so they're out on the beach and do some snorkeling. See, this is so cool because there's lots of things that I want to learn. So then I'm like, oh, kids, let's go to the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't like snorkeling, but you never know. Let's give it a go. <laughs> um, and, and I think, yeah, you wouldn't have those opportunities if your kids were doing those things in school. Exactly, so, yeah. 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 Were there any parts of homeschooling that you just thought, Oh, I wasn't expecting that. That didn't, you know, that wasn't great. Oh, I don't know. Probably winter time, and you are kind of yeah, a bit more homebound. You are yeah, and you get a bit cabin yeah. craziness, maybe mm. not exactly crazy, but yeah. And you're trying to work out, you know, what what can I bring in to the to do at home? You know, you only can do so many puzzles. Or, yeah, or, or so. Yeah, probably that need to be a bit more inventive. Inventive what to do for winter times when you are stuck. Yeah, because yeah, a lot of the homeschool meetups they do tend to be in parks and things like that. And then you're like, oh, how, what's the weather going to be like Thursday morning? Do we where are we calling it? Are we going? Is anybody else going? Ground's going to be wet. How those types of things. That's right. Yeah. 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 But um, you know, people find ways around it. Mm. Yeah. And were there any parts of homeschooling that you thought, oh, I wasn't expecting that? But that's a really positive outcome. I can't really think. Also <laughs> positive. I mean, at one time we were doing archery. Oh, cool. Yeah, and that's where um, the boy, well, one of the boys really established some really firm friendships mm. um, from there. I mean, they were, he was about thirteen at that yeah. age, and I suppose he was open to that more then. Yeah. So yeah, some really nice firm friendships happened, and also got along with their mums too. Yeah, so that's, that's awesome. Yeah. And if you were talking to parents who were thinking, so there's a lot of parents at the moment who are thinking about homeschooling and they're anxious about it and not sure whether or not they're, you know, they're knowledgeable enough or not sure, you know, just not sure, what would you say to those parents? Uh, yeah, just to gain more confidence in yourself. Uh, take it a step at a time. And as you said, it's trial and error. Um, you, you do work out ways and what fits your child. Um, and yeah, also yeah, reach out to others. There's so many people who have, have a lot of information um, that can help you 
get through um, you know some tough times but you know that's that's life you find ways and you know yeah definitely outsource other areas that you might think that that you don't really necessarily um, have a strength in you know might be in some art Mm. areas mine um, was 100% sport yeah <laughs> it's, it's just not me and it's not him either so that was but like, you still got to try and get something yeah something got to tick a box here buddy what are we going to do <laughs> so, lots of nature walking yeah, yeah. bike rides skateboarding yeah. all it counts it counts right it does, definitely. <laughs> come outside catch this ball right write that down <laughs> yeah yeah, it does. It works. It does. I mean, you know, uh, they find their their interests, which which might might be. Um, one time we did indoor surfing. And, oh. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Hmm. Um, and now now lately, I mean, if they're at tape more tape now, but uh, they are discovering music more. Yeah. Yeah. One of them wants an electric guitar, so. I... <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Give me an electric guitar over a recorder any day. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so any any final thoughts on oh actually one more question before I ask for final thoughts. So you're now sort of at the end of your homeschool journey? I am, yes. If you could go back and do it again, mm. would you do it again? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I probably would have liked to have started earlier. Mm. I think I would have benefited a lot more a lot earlier mm-hmm. um, only because their minds are more are so open yeah because um, I find probably a few years in schools that it kind of gets close the creative side of things mm-hmm. so yeah definitely if, if you can get them at the young age um, it, it's a lot it is a lot easier yeah see that's really interesting I guess for me I look I taught all of my kids to read before they started school because they wanted to you know they've all been um, really interested in reading and that kind of stuff um interesting knowing their numbers and basic adding and that sort of stuff so but still for me teaching them when they're in kindy pre-primary year one those foundations that feels so scary whereas teaching them in year eight nine ten eleven I feel much more solid there I feel like and somebody saying this as somebody who did homeschool for however long, so I know I shouldn't say this, but I feel like, well, maybe if the professionals can do the foundation stuff and then I'll just pick up after that. And I know that's wrong, but I still, even with my experience, I still think, oh, yeah, but what if I stuff up for the foundation? Yeah. I, I don't know. I think, was it over in Finland? They actually don't start the reading um, until they see if they're, they're ready by seven or eight yeah a lot of them probably eight um all before that is play 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 yeah and when i was training in in childcare development play was so emphasized it was really you know so important yeah it is the foundation and look i'm i've turned 40 recently and i still learn through play yeah you know so i 100 percent when i homeschool my kids or whenever i'm with my children it's still learning through play and they're 9, 15 and 16, almost 17 now. So I'm a huge believer in, in play-based learning and I, that's one of the things that does make me so sad. You know, when my eldest two were going through kindy, pre-primary and year one, it was very much play-based learning. And when my youngest went through, they were trying to get rid of play-based learning. I know, yeah. I think, but it's so important. It's so crucial for so many different things developmentally and um 
Yeah. It so. is definitely. Mm. Even some of the old playground um, things that we used to play with, like the monkey bar. Yeah. Some of that's been removed, and, and they have found that that type of way of, of moving your arms and strengthening yeah. them that way is really quite important for your development. Well, it's, it's incredibly – so your gross motor development, things like, um, you know, things like doing the monkey bars – um, this is my soapbox, so I'll have to get off it before I get on it, really. But, you know, so when I took my youngest to pre-kindy, every boy who was in that class was given a referral to an OT because they didn't have um, pincer grip and couldn't cut with scissors. Yeah. Now, to me, that tells me that developmentally most of the boys aren't ready for that yet, not that they all needed to have an OT. But I'm not an OT, so I can't say that. Um but we know that when you do things like monkey bars and when you're strengthening those muscles, when, when you're strengthening your fine motor skills, you can then work on your, sorry, when you're strengthening your gross motor skills, you can then work on your fine motor skills. So things like monkey bars, things like playing with Play-Doh, they're all really good for our fine motor skills of being able to have a pincer grip for holding a pencil and being able to use scissors. So those are some of the reasons that we need play-based learning, but also we use play-based learning for side-by-side -side play, for interactive play. It's how we learn our relationships. Exactly. So Definitely. it's devastating that we're getting rid of that. Okay, I'm getting off my soapbox now. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I could feel myself getting heightened by that. But um, Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, when the boys came um, to homeschooling, we were out and they're on their scooters and, you know, they were doing a lot more yeah. physical um, exercising that um, they wouldn't normally do yeah. at school. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that yeah, it is. It's more natural. Mm. And, and that's what we were doing way before the industrial era. Yeah. We're with our families. We're working all together, and we're learning our father's skills. Yeah. Of the you know. Yeah. And, and, and what's around, what's happening around the home. Um, and that's there. I think that was more natural. Yeah, for us, I think that we homeschool became it made learning real. So um, we would do things like, for example, one of the projects that we had. Um, my mum was running a pioneer day, so I said I would go and take photos of the kids in their pioneer costumes and whatnot. But obviously, I can't go with a modern day camera, can I? <laughs> so my son's project was to turn my camera, like to basically create a box that would make my camera look like an old fashioned camera. So he had to research them and then he had to find it out and then he had to actually make the box that it went in. So he made a prototype and then he made, you know, the box. He had to do a budget for how much we were going to spend on materials and all of those things. So every single element of it ticked every single box that we needed for the curriculum. But with that, um, he then had to do things like working out circumference. But he had to work out a circumference because he needed to know that the hole he was making was going to be big enough for my camera lens to go through or he had to work out how much fabric I needed to wrap around the camera lens. So he had, like, maths had to be useful. It wasn't a concept that was in a book. It wasn't some lead paper on paper, on lead pencil on paper. It was real and it was tangible and it was useful. And for me that's the difference between sitting in a classroom or being outside with the jigsaw, like, jigsaw saw thing um making learning real exactly i think one time uh, we met up with families uh, by the riverside in guildford um the, the swan river still yeah. plays a lot 
not as wide. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I think that day we learnt was, um, you know, David's sling for when, you know, in the Bible. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. David yeah, and Goliath, yeah. Yeah. Well, it wasn't like a regular sling. It's a, it's more like a um, a string ah. sling. But you have to uh, weave the middle part where the rock mm. is seated. And then you, you um, bring the two strings together and you swing it round and round. And ah. loose it, you, you let it go. Yeah. And it flings. Ah. So, yeah, that's what we've got to do as a as a uh, project yeah and also part of history yeah way. yeah but yeah, this is a lot of fun doing that yeah and that's it, exactly it makes it it makes things fun yeah so and i hope the kids remember them so well, <laughs> but if not we do we've got some great <laughs> great yeah, memories. Take a photo for memory yeah <laughs> but yeah it's also there for um showing the the moderator at the end of the year yeah you know we do make some slings yeah there you know um, and also with that, it's up to you if you want the moderator to chat to your children or not mm. as well, because um, your children might not feel. It depends how old they are, how yeah. they feel comfortable with that or not. Yeah. So you can um, arrange to not necessarily meet at the house. You can also arrange to meet at the library or coffee shop, park. Yeah. 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 I know one of the mum, another mum I came across, and she was quite. Um, animate that her moderator wasn't going to meet her children. Yeah. So uh, that was her choice. Yeah, definitely. She, within her rights as well. Yeah. 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 Um, and just with you saying, you know, take a photo for the memories. So one of the things that one of the other mums that I was speaking to does for showing things to the moderator is she, do, she actually has a Facebook page yeah. that's a private Facebook page. She's the only person that goes on that, but she can take photos and she can upload them to Facebook with the different activities they've done or different, you know, whatever it is, or write notes. So when the moderator wants to sit, she can show them that and go, well, you know, scroll through different activities they've done, different projects. And, you know, I think it's it can be relatively easy to, you know, when I was doing project learning, to go, well, actually, these are the different things that this ticks off in these different ways. So keeping those notes just on a on a Facebook page, so which you can do from your phone. Yeah, definitely. You can do it that way. I found later though, my moderator eventually said to me, I don't want to see so many photos. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I stuck to just couple. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and again, that depends on who your moderator is, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, she did see an awful lot the first year and <laughs> she just realised that, okay, you're on, on the path. Yeah. You know what you're doing, so I don't need to see all your photos. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. All good. <laughs> but don't you want to? Look at all the amazing things we've done. <laughs> um, so before we wrap up today, have you got any final thoughts about homeschooling, um, the joys of it, the pitfalls, what people should look out for, what you know, what they can celebrate, any of those things? I think it depends on the age of your children where, where they're at also. The, you know, the younger years can be absolutely beautiful and fun, but as they grow older, their teenage years, it's going to be challenging again. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you really need to stop and rethink, and how am I going to um, get our goals still um, achieved? Um, but also getting them on board. Yeah. They do really need to get on board more when they get older. I, I actually think it's really useful to have them on board 
regardless of their age. Mm. And I think um, so one of the things that we did with our son was he got to, you know, he got to choose his timetable. He got to be involved in all of those things. He got to choose what country we were going to study. He got to choose what project we were going to be working on. It was his schooling. He was invested. He got to he got to captain the ship really. Exactly. So he got to decide where we were driving and I got to decide how we were going to get there. Yeah, um, but yeah, I can definitely feel that when you've got teenagers involved, you may really need to make sure that you've got teenagers involved. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's not going to work. You are first and foremost their mum. That's right. Or their dad or their, you know, whatever carer that is. But yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, but anyway, I have enjoyed the past five years. But um, now the boys are, you know, so they're almost reaching out of foot. Yeah. So, yeah. And the boys, so they had the opportunity to go to school. It was their choice to, you know, to yeah. homeschool and their choice when they went to school to stop and come back to homeschooling. Yeah, so, that's always been open. Yeah. yeah. So do you think the boys, if they were given a choice, do you think they would choose to homeschool? If they, yeah, if they were chosen, uh, well, given the opportunity to do it again, <laughs> sorry, to do it again. Yeah, not now, obviously. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't, uh, yeah, because I did, did open up to them. I said to them, especially when, after the first year, you know, we're going back to, to um, school and you want to get, be a part of that and they were okay, they're on board. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they realised that, yeah, they weren't really ready to get back into the school scene, yeah. things, because especially one of them was getting, uh, getting picked on, yeah, just misunderstood mm. a lot. Um, so yeah, he he wanted to go back to homeschooling. So and the other one, he ended up going to a year after to the high school, um, which he found, you know, he enjoyed some of the teachers there and learning, but he did find that the bullying was just not. Not on. Yeah. Yeah, he had a hard time with that. So, um, he, yeah, they chose to homeschool. Mm. Um, but I think they were very, really glad for the opportunity to get into tape and move on from there. Yeah. And yeah. feel like, you know, they're men now. Yeah. We're a man, so. I, I think often people kind of think, well, they, when you talk about homeschoolers, people can get an idea around what homeschoolers look like. And there is no stereotypical homeschooler. No. And I think people have this idea that, well, if you're homeschooled, that you won't amount to anything. And I think that's just that's just a load of rubbish as well. It is. So, <laughs> you know, there are homeschool people who I know homeschool. Well, they're not kids anymore, but you know, they're studying to be doctors. They've gone on and done apprenticeships and become electricians, or you know, whatever it is. That homeschooling it gave them. The motivation to learn the way they want to it gave them the the knowledge that they could that there's different pathways for everything and then they've just gone and achieved their their goals and their dreams yeah there's no stopping them i know um one of uh, my friends i've got lots of friends <laughs> boys uh he's actually moved on to agriculture school ah oh yeah. cool yeah so yeah he's he's taken off for that pathway and mm. he's actually younger than my my son yeah he's 15. um yeah so he's he's gone to do that and he's really quite able yeah to and loving get it. into that and yeah do really well with that because he's really really loves the farming side mm. of things yeah so there's yeah a lot of them have gone on to to higher 
learning levels. Yeah. Um, yeah, his sister is actually would like to be um, a marine biologist, ah. but at the moment she's um, learning about landscaping through TAFE. So she's going, you know, up yeah. that way to move into, I think, because that was one of the science areas that yeah. opened into, um, into further studies. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, she's still quite young, so that's why she's still, you know, probably enjoying what she can learn mm. through TAFE. Yeah. And then move on to, she's very capable to be able to do uni levels. Yeah. yeah. So, and, yeah, I don't think that whether you're homeschooled, whether you go to private school or public school, really, it doesn't make a difference. No, it's, it's the child in the end. Yeah. And what, what um, they have inside them mm. and what their interests are and do, are they motivated to, yeah. to do further studies. Yeah, like that's that. it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, thank you so much for sharing all of your thoughts and experiences and uh, everything that you experienced over the last five years of homeschooling. I really appreciate you coming in and sharing that. And hopefully, there are some people who are perhaps sitting on the fence who may feel like, actually, I can do that after you hearing can. this. Yeah, you do have to have to, you know, pull yourself up. You know. From it have that encouragement and you will get there step at a time yeah and there's lots of people out there to help that's exactly right there are lots of people out there to help and there's lots of different whether it's facebook groups or in-person meetups or you mentioned um, home education wa lots of people out there to help and everybody who i met is more than happy to help definitely yeah. thank you very much Thank you for joining me for today's episode of A Hidden World of Women, a podcast brought to you by Women's Health and Wellbeing Services. For more information on the services we offer, head to whws.org.au or Women's Health and Wellbeing Services on YouTube and social media. Looking forward to the next episode where we uncover the hidden world of women.